0: Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit gutterhelmetindy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetindy.com. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. So nice. uh, Alrighty
1: then. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here. So where are we at with Elon Musk? who now owns Twitter, suspending the accounts of uh, a lot of crazy left-wing, super liberal accounts last night. Keith Olbermann, this guy named Aaron Rupar, some writers for the New York Times and CNN Hammer, uh, suspending them all for for sharing Elon's plane tracking info. There's an account, there was like a sort of a bot account that this teenager developed, that showed exactly when and where Elon Musk was taking off and landing in his private jet.
2: In real time.
1: In real time. I mean, that data is kind of out there if you know how to do it. And this guy developed a bot to uh, automatically tweet out when he was traveling. And uh, finally, I don't know, it was a stalker incident with Elon's little uh, kid that
2: kind of put him over the top. And people were linking to this, and he took them all out. So let's go back a little bit to November 6th, right? Before any of this happened, Elon Musk addressed that Twitter account that was tracking his plane. This is from Elon's Twitter account. Quote, my commitment to free speech extends even to not banning the account following my plane, even though that is a direct personal safety risk. So now fast forward to just a couple of days ago, December 14th from Elon Musk, quote, last night a car carrying Lil x which is his son in los angeles was followed by a crazy stalker thinking that it was me who later blocked the car from moving and climbed onto the hood so it's because of that last incident elon musk changed the policy which he can do as the owner of twitter to say you can't dox anybody doxing is when you tell somebody's whereabouts in real time, where they live, what their address is, mm-hmm. you know, if their plane has just landed. And these people, oberman Rupar, some of these other uber leftists, they were linking to that account.
1: Yeah. And it's it's funny because now uh, this is making major news headlines across the country. Here's one from NBC News. Musk Musk's suspension of journalists could embolden authoritarians, free speech experts warn. It's like everybody's worried about censorship and free speech now. But when it was scientists and doctors like Peter McCullough or Dr. Atlas or journalists like Alex Berenson that were getting banned
2: off the platform, nobody said anything about it. And none of these people were suspended last night for a differing political opinion. They didn't have a political opinion. Right. It was a violation of the rule, which is you can't dox anybody. Now, the new rule has only been in place for a couple of days. So these accounts haven't been permanently kicked off like Trump's was. It's a suspension, and I think Elon Musk is going to weigh out when to bring them back.
1: It's so funny. I mean, it's all over the place. It's headlines all over the place now. With And I don't get it because the past couple of weeks— We've seen zero coverage of the Twitter email dump. Those internal documents proving that the left wingers that were running the uh, running that insane asylum were uh, working with federal government officials, and uh, you know censoring extensively right wing ideas. Uh, they covered these you know huge revelations of big tech and government censorship and colluding with each other. Not, I mean, no headlines anywhere. No reports in the New York Times. Nothing from a- ABC, NBC, CBS. But now, all of a sudden, a few liberal writers who love censorship, who loved that that doctors and scientists like uh, you know S- Scott Atlas or Peter McCullough g- got banned off that account. They loved that fact. They loved it. Now, when it's happening to them, it's a different
2: story. So, last night, after this all went down, Elon Musk jumped on a thing called Twitter Spaces, which is, I guess, Twitter's version of, like, a Zoom call, where you can get a lot of different users on there, a person controls who's speaking, and et cetera. So, Elon Musk jumped on. There's a bunch of journalists there, and he basically let the journalists know, it doesn't matter if you're a reporter or not, the rules apply to everyone.
3: Uh, Yeah, Um, well... As I'm sure everyone who's been doxing, uh would agree, you know, uh, showing real-time uh, information about somebody's location is uh, inappropriate, and I think everyone on this call would not like that to be known to them. And and there is not going to be any distinction in the future between journalists, civil journalists, and and regular people. Everyone's going to be treated the same. You're not special because you're a journalist. You're, you're just you're, you're a Twitter, you're, just, you're a citizen. Um, so. Uh, no special treatment, um, your docs, your docs, you get suspended in a story, um, or, or trying to be clever about it. Like, oh, I posted a link to the real time information is obviously, uh, just, uh, that is obviously simply trying to evade the, the, the meaning that is, there's no different from hitting paste than actually showing real time information.
1: Good. Screw them. Like, seriously, screw these guys, these accounts, Olbermann and the like that, uh, we're actively uh, championing censorship and suppression of free speech. But when it happens to them, now all of a sudden we're supposed to be concerned about it. And the headlines in NBC say the suspension of journalists could embolden authoritarians and free speech experts.
2: And this isn't about free yeah. speech. Oberman yeah. didn't get kicked off of Twitter for anything that he said. He's been a lunatic ever since he's been into politics. There was nothing that he said that kicked him off. Same thing with Aaron Rupar and these other writers. It's sharing the real-time tracking information of Elon Musk. If they didn't do that, they'd still be on there talking about how horrible Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis is right now.
1: And Elon Musk.
2: Right. So this is not a, I don't believe, a hypocritical thing from Elon Musk. This isn't him saying, I'm censoring your speech. No, the rules were in place. Just don't dox anybody. Say what you want, but don't dox anybody. By the way, if you don't like it, maybe you could just go
1: build your own social media platform. Right. Remember that? I'm old enough to remember when uh, giant corporations and left-wing media outlets were saying, look, uh, this is a private company. They can do what they want. They can suspend who they want. They can shadow ban who they want. And there's nothing you can do about it because it's a private company. Maybe you should go start your own social media
2: platform. And then conservatives did with Parler, and they still got the shaft because (laughs) big tech worked with the— Places where they yeah. store all the information. The servers, yeah. The servers, and it had to go away. So last night, it was DEFCON 1 on CNN. The same people <laughs> who were standing up and clapping like seals when Alex Berenson was kicked off are now crying into their you know, bowl of Cheerios. This is Oliver Darcy. Now, he's the new media guy. He's the new thumb. Because Brian Stelter, the thumb, yeah. got the axe. Oliver Darcy is the new thumb
4: I think this raises a big question about what the free press, what the future of the free press on Twitter looks like. You know, are news organizations going to stand by as the reporters are just, you know, hastily banned without explanation? Uh, CNN is saying it's going to reevaluate its relationship with Twitter based on the response it gets.
1: Oh, no. Oh, goodness. I bet he just sent shivers down Elon Musk's (laughs) spine. CNN's going to reevaluate the relationship. I better do something.
2: Well, you know what, CNN, how about you start your own digital platform? Oh, wait, you did with CNN Plus, (laughs) and it was a dumpster fire. You gave money to lunatics like Rex Chapman, and that piece of crap never got off the ground.
1: (laughs) I mean, literally within weeks, it was done. Donezo. They yanked it.
2: So all of this lunacy going on here, Nige. It's kind of taken away my Christmas spirit a little bit, and I don't want that to be the case. So we're going to play a few Christmas songs here. Is that okay? Please. Now, (laughs) I don't know if this is going to pick me back up or not, even though I do laugh at it. There's this woke couple, and we've played this song before, but they turned the song Baby It's Cold Outside into a modern woke version because they thought the classic version was too much of a date rape anthem
3: i really can't stay Maybe i'm fine with that i've got to go away Maybe i'm cool with that but i ought to say no 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 you sir. reserve the right to say no at least i'm gonna say that i tried you reserve
5: the right to say no. i
3: really can't stay well, you don't have to ah oh, but it's cold Are we still
2: upset with that song? Because, like, a couple years ago, everybody was losing their mind. Like, our sister station, the Christmas channel. Oh, they stopped playing it. They stopped playing it. Are we okay with Baby, It's Cold Outside I've always been
1: okay with it. Uh, That version's pretty hilarious,
2: though, too. (laughs) I mean, you laugh at that for different reasons. I know. Um, And lastly, because... Technically, we don't have the rights to Twas the Night Before Christmas. So here at the Hammer and Nigel Show, we made a special liberal version, but we had to change the name of it. So this is Twas the Night Before the Night Before Christmas. Twas the night before the night before Christmas, and all through the house, the Cuomo brothers were downstairs. Putting their hands up grandma's blouse. Ooh, yuck. The stockings are hung. Dr. Fauci is spreading fear. Elizabeth Warren is in the kitchen.
0: I'm gonna get me,
6: um, a beer.
2: (laughs) The gifts are all wrapped with ribbons and bows. Yohan Omar and her brother are under the mistletoe. More family and friends have arrived. They're all gathered in the room. Nancy Pelosi just got here. She flew in on her broom.
0: Oh, oh, come on.
2: When out on the lawn, we heard such a clatter. False alarm, wrong fat guy. It was just Jerry Natler. <laughs> but Santa would arrive. With his white beard by his mouth, he brought Kamala a one-way ticket to the border so she could finally get her ass down south. (laughs) AOC got red lipstick. Bernie, a government check. Adam Schiff got 13 scarves to cover up that big pencil (laughs) neck.
7: Pencil neck Adam
8: Schiff. Santa brought new egos
2: as the polling shows they've been bruised. He brought the Clintons new body bags. Because all of theirs have already been used. <laughs> oh, Santa and a guest flew off, and you could hear the sleigh bells ring. They said, Merry Christmas to all and to all You know the you know the thing. Yeah. <laughs> Little something from the production
6: team here, at the Hammer and Nigel show.
0: to the Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIVC.
1: Look who's joining us live in studio. Traffic guy Matt Bear has exited the... Uh WIBC Traffic Center wandered in here into the studio. I love Matt because every time he sits down, the first thing he does is offer me a hit off his vape. <laughs> is that like a common thing between people that vape? Hey, no, you no. Take a
2: hit, hit off my bit. Va- the the vape, vape community? Not, not yeah. really. <laughs> <laughs> he just wants you to throw up well, on the dude, air again. Only well,
1: if there's something illegal in it. Usually that happens. I literally, yeah, the, I have tried it before just because I wanted to know what it was like. And each time I end up taking too big of an inhale and coughing my butt off close to, uh, you know, from coughing to vomiting. One time you actually did. Almost, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was ugly. And so he goes, "Sure you don't want it?" Butter. He goes, "Sure you don't want a hit of this?" It's
8: butterscotch. <laughs> it's, it's butterscotch. Just think about how calm you felt though after you're done coughing like, you, know, all that negative, you know, I mean, you feel great afterwards. I mean, Your like, ribs yeah. are sore from coughing, but you feel great otherwise. I, unfortunately, you're like, yeah, I need a Marlboro Red now. But you know, it's <laughs> how much do you
1: think you've spent uh, since you've taken up this? Uh, this habit, which by the way is better than smoking, but obviously better than drinking. So it's got to be, yeah. but, you know, how much it's do you better think than being spent?
8: Matt Cocaine Bear? <laughs> <laughs> right,
11: right. Yeah, I can't it's wait better to see than that being movie.
8: The cocaine bear and terrorizing people out in the wilderness. I don't know, man. It's, it's, I say, I spend maybe what 30 bucks every couple of months on it. I mean, it's not uh, so bad. No, it's not. It's it's refillable, and it just depends on you know the flavors and how strong you buy. Of course, I buy the strongest, you know. But it's, it's it just depends on what you're getting.
1: Well, thank you again for the offer. Welcome. I appreciate it. I'm from always... my heart.
2: The only thing Matt Bear loves more than a good vape is a good milf. <laughs> this and <is> true. this <laughs> takes us to this new show on TLC <laughs> called Milf Manor. I thought this was a joke when I first saw it. I thought this was like a, you know, somebody made a funny skit and put it on social media. This is a real show. It features eight of these horned up older chicks. (laughs) (laughs) They're at this Mexican villa and they're surrounded by a bunch of ripped college guys. This is the promo for it.
6: I was married for 14 years.
12: I want to get a chance to do me a little.
6: Young men have much more energy, they think out of the box. I want that, especially in the bedroom. I have an extremely high libido It's not too much saying I have an extremely high libido Should I just have said a high libido?
10: I'm ready to connect with somebody who doesn't really care how old I am I'm just looking to have
6: fun It just got real
1: And when you watch the trailer It, it makes it look like there's some shocking twist Like the younger guys might be the sons of the MILFs Right. Meaning these women have to watch their sons hook up with the other MILFs <laughs> right. that are on the show. I don't know for sure if that's what the plot is or not, but it, it makes it look like it, for
2: sure. So what's a bigger storyline here, Matt Bear? that uh, a show is called Milf Manor that may or may not have their kids trying to bang their friends. <laughs> or this is on TLC. Now, if you remember, that used to be The, the learning, learning Channel. channel. <laughs> right,
8: right. I think you can learn a lot from this show. You know? I, mean, I
11: think it's just educational as hell. Are you kidding me?
8: You put this down on uh, Netflix or whatever, I'm not leaving the couch until it's over. I'll go through all 30 episodes just uh, just right there. Um, I, I think it's Going to be interesting because I and I can't believe I'm saying this. This is a new idea for reality TV, and the fact that, yeah, yeah, sure, you've had horned up old, you know, (laughs) milfs before, but at the same time, this is their kids involved now. So we think think we don't know for sure. uh, I would, Uh,
1: I would. This is one of those ones I think I'd watch with my wife. She wants me to watch like the, the the Housewives of Beverly Hills and New Jersey Housewives and all the housewives and all the. You know the the small people reality shows as well. The, all the reality shows with with the husband and wife that have like eighteen kids.
8: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That other
1: dude that that is it the is it the Mormon dude that has like eight eight wives. She watches all that stuff I'm not interested in, but I think I'm interested in the MILF. This was like a uh, show
2: our pal Ben Polizzi would be on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah <laughs> definitely. Yeah, he yeah. would be out there with those washboard abs and
8: everything. You know? And
2: listen, this was a big week for Jets quarterback Zach Wilson. He gets his starting gig back, and he finds out there's a manor full of MILFs. Cue <laughs> up the private jet, baby.
8: Zach Wilson's back. It's the winter of Zach. Went into the coach, he's like, I quit. <laughs> I'm going to MILF Manor down in Mexico. I was watching his trailer, and I'm looking at this, I'm like, you know, these are attractive women here. I think yeah. Too, I yeah, think, they are. I think I'm too old for them. <laughs> <You know? laughs> that was a really dark moment I had. I mean, I was, it's like MILF Manor. This says, okay. Yeah. All right. And I bet this isn't the only place this has taken place. I could go
2: to Carmel right now, drive around while the husband's at work. I can find MILF Manor happening somewhere in Carmel. Yes. Right MILF now. Manor
8: in Carmel is called the Palladium, I think.
2: <laughs> uh, before we let you go, you did a great job at the Radiothon, by the way. Because you me. and Terry Stacy came on after Big Nige and I, and we ended up all raising a record amount of money, and uh, you were a big part of that, and you sounded awesome.
8: Well, thank you, and it, it was a privilege to do it. It is a special event. And the cool thing that happened during that whole thing was um, I got a text message. You know, I used to live in a small town, Rochester, Indiana, up north, and uh, uh, somebody uh, texted me, and he's like, hey, I hear you guys talking about a needs for a table there at the Women and Children's Center, and I want to make one. And I'm like, really? You want to make a table? And he's like, yeah, I want to make the table, and I want to donate. So, we're working out making a table right now for the Women and Children's Center. So, it's not only the donations that happen. This thing is residual. You know, you do the radio thought, and yeah, you raise the money, but all these other good things come out of it. And this is just evidence of that. So, I'm going to drive back up to Rochester, Indiana here before too long and pick up a table. It's really cool.
2: That's awesome. Yeah matt bear you are the best in the business again our show was voted number one in america for afternoon drive shows based on market size and again we couldn't do it without all the help we have and you're a big part of that well thank
8: you you. this is like the best job in the world what can i say Matt Bear,
2: you're the best it's the hammer and nigel show were you trying to get crazy with this see don't you know i'm (laughs) local
0: You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 widc A couple of things I like about the
1: National Defense Authorization Act: the Senate passed this thing, headed to President Biden to sign. Uh, there's a couple of things I don't like about it. Like it's one of the things it does. It's going to allow Ukraine to delay payments on the hundreds of billions of dollars that they borrowed from us and other countries, and it's also going to increase funding to Ukraine by about $50 billion. But one of the things I did like was that the uh, the bill's going to repeal the COVID-19 vaccine uh, mandate for military members. Right. But there's also a flip side to that coin hammer that I don't like.
2: Utah Senator Mike Lee was one of the folks that wanted to add this amendment to the bill that said yes, we're going to remove the COVID-19 vaccine mandate, but we also want to be able to bring back all of those people that we let go, that we fired because they did not want to get the vaccine. Now, the Army, Air Force, Navy, and Marines, according to numbers, say they've lost at least 8,400 active duty and reserve troops because they did not want to get the COVID vaccine. That was just through August of 2021. That was the latest that the information goes to. Here is Senator Mike Lee.
8: We, of course, can't take back the hardship that the military vaccine mandate has inflicted on countless service members. We can't do that. That's in the past. But there are some things we can do. By adopting this amendment, we could recognize an injustice and take steps to restore the affected brave men and women who deserve our best. And so I urge my colleagues to support this amendment and stand with those who themselves stand ready to visit violence on those who would harm us. It is the right thing to do.
2: And I think a lot of people would agree. Yes, these people did not want to get a jab against their will. And they were let go.
1: The healthiest people in the world. Right. By the way, if they were to acquire COVID, then it, they'd clear it in days. It'd be nothing more than a cold for them.
2: And this bill, it was going to be close, but had a good chance of passing. But four Republican senators said no. And the amendment did not make it onto the bill.
1: So, again, the bill did repeal that COVID vaccine mandate for military members. What it did not do is hire back the military service members that were fired or let go because they didn't get the jab, which is a bunch of BS. Makes my blood boil when I think about it.
2: Let's name their names. These are the four Republican senators that screwed this up. Mitt Romney of Utah, Susan Collins of, course, of Maine, of course. Bill Cassidy of Louisiana, and Mike Rounds of South Dakota. They voted no on this amendment that would allow the re-enlistment of over 8,400 members of the armed forces. Just disgusting. Now, none of them have made a statement with the exception of Bill Cassidy. Bill Cassidy told the Daily Caller that the reason that he was a no- was that the current leaders of this United States military stand by their original statement that they want you to be vaccinated which is such a load of crap from Cassidy because look at these woke leaders right now since when do you listen to them yeah, <laughs> yeah of course
1: like Millie making his his service members read woke CRT material right you know and candy like, books and it doesn't yeah exactly that's it exactly and it doesn't matter whether or not these these generals these guys that are, are the, the heads of the army air force navy and marine corps it doesn't matter what they think anymore because it's not a mandate it's not legal you can't you can't fire i mean there's
2: no covid 19 mandate anymore so it doesn't matter what you think bill Cassidy was afraid of hurting the feelings of somebody that yeah. hates his guts to begin with what a gutless just weenie move by all four of these i mean honestly i expect it from romney i expect it from collins but cassidy and rounds cassidy i get it i mean he's a little wishy-washy but for these people that's embarrassing that's a shame uh we've got james as our producer today hit me with a little legal stuff crime punishment judges legal stuff Boy, there's a lot going on at Monroe Central Junior-Senior High School, Nige. The cheerleading coach kind of crossed the line between being friends and coach with uh, some of the cheerleaders on the team. Hannah Gilmer, 28 years old, formally charged with several counts of dissemination of material harmful to minors. What? According to the police report, she was showing all of the... Crank photos and sex messages what? that were coming to her from various lovers and showing it with some of her cheerleaders wow. that she was in charge of. Why would she do that?
1: <laughs> what does she want to be liked by these girls so much? Is she trying to impress them? Bingo. In some
2: sort of way? It was three 17-year-old female students that all were privy to the teachings of hannah gilmer two of the teenagers told police they felt cheated out of their cheerleading experience because the coach would spend most of their practices and again this is from the police report talking about her relationships with her husband and boyfriend one cheerleader said that the coach set her out for a full practice and instructed her to read all of the sex messages between yeah. Gilmer and her boyfriend instead. What a loser. Total loser. Where is this? Monroe Central. Monroe that's Central.
1: I in Randolph County, which is near Ohio, like close to the border of Ohio. Uh, yeah, nobody wants to hear about your, your dating life. These girls all think you're old. Uh, how old is she 28 yeah 28 to ancient to these high school girls nobody thinks you're cool nobody cares about you that you're cheating on your husband just let's you know t- teach me some cheerleading right how about that coach
2: that's a great looking crank pick can we please work on the pyramid <laughs> what are you doing Like, when I coach baseball, right, like, sometimes the language gets a little salty, right? And every coach that I've had in my life, the language gets salty. But at no point have they brought up pictures of, hey, look at that. Can you just teach me the L-E-T-S-G-O cheer, please? (laughs) Can we just do that? (laughs) We've got spirit. Yes, we do. Hey, look, there's a crank. How about you? (laughs) (laughs) No, thank you.
1: Yeah, she probably deserves to go to jail and at the very least be fired for something
2: like that. Uh, You sent me this today, and I, I can't believe I missed this on social media. There's this picture going viral. It's like an itinerary from somebody's mom that's completely got the entire holidays down to a science tell me about this no
1: it's it's like it's this thing where i mean do you know over planners for for the holidays
2: people who just plan every minute of every day down to
1: the detail my wife god bless her (laughs) every weekend (laughs) since thanksgiving it's been thursday friday saturday sunday every every and and yeah of course i love her to death and it's fun and like we, you know, the Sullivan's train and Christmas parties. And we're going to New Fields tomorrow. Awesome. And, and it just, but it's just it's just like every day. And we gotta like leave a day to wrap presents and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Right. It's usually the, the night before Christmas when we're up till four o'clock in the morning. But this guy shared an email that his mom sent him, and it kind of focuses on the menu for each day. And. <laughs> Here are some of the best lines. Sunday the 18th, arrivals. There will be puffed popcorn, checks Mix, and various candies available for grazing throughout the day to include jelly beans and peanut M&Ms.
2: she like a travel agent? Like, is this the itinerary for when we arrive in Cancun? Wednesday.
1: (laughs) Brewery for a late lunch? Or dinner out? Grandma could babysit. Or cocktails? Otherwise, dinner at home: grilled bourbon glazed pork tenderloin with accompaniments. <laughs> Down to the detail. Thursday evening out, dress up, travel to restaurant, chicken parm dinner or ribs. Need input. Cocktails at 5:30, dinner at 6:30. Any interest in a bourbon tasting?
2: Now, before we mock her <laughs> for her over the top planning, I kind of want to hang out with her. No, she's she's. I into want the, ribs. I in, want bourbon tasting. She's into the cocktails, right? Uh,
1: So, you know, so people are looking at this and say, oh, dear Lord, you've got every moment of every
2: day planned. It sounds fun, though. Yeah, I'm kind of into it. I kind of want to if somebody in that family doesn't want to go, I might show up and take advantage of the ribs and the, the cocktails and the bourbon tasting. So this this thing went viral that he posted and it's all over the place now. Well, since we're all in the Christmas spirit now, I think what we need at the Hammer and Nigel show is a good old-fashioned remix of Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is you with Wheelin' Dealin, Hair Sniffin, Kiss Stealin' Joe Biden. Oh.
9: I got hairy legs that turn that that that, that turn blonde in the sun. You ain't black. Go, so you, know you know the thing. And Corn Pop was a bad food.
3: Take a go. test where you're taking cocaine.
9: <laughs> Come on, man. It's
4: a bunch of Milwaukee.
7: I'm not going nuts. <laughs> I'm not going nuts. I'm not
0: going
7: nuts. You ain't black.
2: It's the Hammer and <laughs> Nigel Show. Thirty-two at the American Standard Heating Weather Center. It's breaking news here
1: concerning uh, concerning number forty-five. Oh. the Orange Man, Donald Trump. You remember a couple of days ago he teased this major announcement. And we thought it was gonna be maybe a big announcement, some endorsement of his campaign, or maybe somebody his you know, is gonna announce his running mate for the 2024 election. Nope. It was the announcement of his personal NFT trading cards depicting him as a hero, a superhero. They were superhero Donald Trump digital trading cards, right? Correct. Uh, $99 each. Hammer. They've been sold out. Are you kidding me? They are sold out. The NFTs originally at $99 each. Some sold for thousands of dollars. Sold out earlier today. And you got to remember, a lot of these buyers, every time you bought one of these things, were entered to win the, um, the meet and greet at Mar-a-Lago with Donald Trump. There was one of these cards that shows Donald Trump holding the Statue of Liberty uh, uh, torch in front of the Statue of Liberty, sold for $24,000.
2: Was it Donald so, Trump Jr. that bought it?
1: <laughs> I don't know who's buying these things, but they've sold out completely, and it looks like he made about a million dollars.
2: Are you kidding
1: so, me? So, as much crap as we gave uh, the president yesterday, sold out within
2: a day. I mean, really? Really? But I want to see a little bit more information here, because what we see sometimes with these New York Times bestsellers is that super PAC groups will buy up all the books, right? Like if you're a politician and you've got some horrible book coming out and it lands on the top 10 sellers list, there's a chance somebody in your inner circle bought up a (laughs) bunch of copies and you're going to autograph them and pass them out.
1: I just tweeted the article out that, uh, I mean, this is uh, this is breaking sold out one of the cards again it's a depiction of him holding up the statue of liberty torch he's got the torch and he's standing in front of the statue of liberty yes (laughs) stole sold for almost 25
2: grand wow you can't say that this isn't the greatest country in the world when you could come up with a digital card something you physically can't even hold in your hand And make $24,000 on it.
1: And not only that, but none of this money went to the campaign. This is not some sort of MAGA fundraiser. This is for profit. Right. (laughs) Million bucks.
2: Boom. There you go. Uh, Speaking of breaking in a different capacity, did you see this from this massive aquarium in Berlin? So there's this big hotel, and it's got like a massive aquarium it's a big thing that goes up to like the roof there's an elevator in the middle of it it's like water surrounding it it's amazing thing it busted
1: yeah cracked sent hundreds of fish everywhere flooded the place out into the streets it's like that scene in Mission Impossible when Tom Cruise uses the explosive gum. Right. <laughs> to uh, explode the, you know, blow up the aquarium in that restaurant.
2: It's a 10 minute elevator ride just to get all the way oh, through this crazy. thing. And we don't know what happened, but it cracked, it busted. And you're right, man. Tidal wave of water and fish and just everywhere. It's going to take a long time to clean that up. It's the Hammer and Nigel show.
0: Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. So let's rock
1: it. Man, every time we have this guy on, it's trouble. <laughs> it is trouble we'll go to the drivehubler.com hotline <laughs> and bring on wish tv meteorologist he's the man marcus bailey how are you marcus
7: hey happy friday fellas uh,
2: marcus before we get to any, into anything about the weather and i know it's not well, going to get pretty this weekend i'm scrolling through social media I see huh? pictures of everybody having a good time at the Wish TV Christmas party, and yeah. I can't help but think my invitation got lost in the mail. <laughs> did it really? Yeah, I had no idea. You know, I'm looking at pictures of like Drew Blair and Kylie Conway yeah. and Stephanie Mead all playing grab ass together, and <laughs> Scott Long and I, who host the amazing All Indiana
7: Bets, we That's start
2: right. texting each other. Uh, did our invitation get lost in the mail?
7: I, man, well, listen. You're, I, I, I am not high enough on the totem pole to even know that <laughs> he's
1: not and in, in fact, charge. I even
7: know if I had a full on invitation, I just kind of snuck in because I saw some Wish TV cars outside, so I was like, "Let's go in here." But I'm telling uh, you,
2: Marcus, yeah. this is all that Phil Sanchez's fault. He didn't want <laughs> me being there, being the good looking guy. So <laughs> Phil Sanchez oh, hey. said, "Ixnay Hammer" on the invitation
7: list. Where was the uh, think, Where was I the can't party? See that. Uh, St. Elmo's.
1: Nice. So, yeah. oh,
7: come on! Yeah. I know. <laughs>
1: Very nice.
7: And I said, you didn't see any pictures of me on there because I... I was too busy stuffing my face with filet sliders and shrimp cocktail. <laughs> oh,
2: that the shrimp sliders. cocktail is so good, oh, man.
7: Oh so good, so good. All
2: right, Marcus. So we are getting actual December-like temperatures this weekend. So far, again, I'm a guy that hates cold weather. Let me make that perfectly Mm -hmm. known. I'm going to retire one day to Florida when I'm an old man and I'm cold all the time. But so far, it's been a pretty mild winter. But this weekend, that changes.
7: Yeah, well, this weekend, and I think to that point, the extended gets pretty chilly. Um, We already kind of had that first blast of chilly air kind of last night. Uh, There were some spits of rain and snow, and and what's happening here, guys, is you're just kind of getting a a parade of waves, I guess is probably the best way to describe it, and behind each of those waves, which may produce a few flurries, we've been seeing that here today, uh, we'll probably continue to see it tonight, we'll get another one tomorrow, behind each one of those, you're kind of getting a surge of very cold air, and so you're just kind of ticking those numbers down each and every time those waves come through. So while we had highs in the you know near 50 when we had all that rain a couple of days ago, 40s yesterday, 30s today, we may struggle to get out of the 20s uh, this weekend. Yeah, so it's just it's just a parade of these waves that just keeps pushing down this colder air
5: from the north.
1: Tomorrow, tomorrow night, uh, my family and I are going to see the Christmas lights in Newfields. Oh, there, okay. uh, so I'm assuming. Probably some long johns are in order that
7: would at the, be, at the that very is. least. Well, and to add to that, I mean, yes, because it's going to be cold, especially once the sun goes down. I, I think we're going to struggle to get to 30 tomorrow for a high. Yellow. I think it's going to be kind of cloudy like it's bins. So you're not going to have much sunshine to help warm things up either. And, and I do think on top of that, uh, it might be a little blustery too, so then you got to factor in the windchill while you're walking around too. So you're probably it feels like temperatures are going to be considerably colder, maybe feeling more like the teens while you're walking around. So yeah, chilly stuff.
2: Marcus Bailey, the meteorologist for Wish TV 8, joining us here on The Hammer and Nigel Show. Well, and
1: the good news is the uh, the apple cider and whiskeys there when you tour Newfields are only $18 a piece. So, so. <laughs>
3: Wait,
2: <there you> go. <laughs> Marcus, last night uh, took the boy uh, to the batting cage. And again, you know, I'm throwing batting practice. Things are going well. We get mm-hmm. back out to the parking lot, and this is probably around 9 o'clock last night, It starts to get a little dicey because it was cold, it was raining, and it felt like there was sleet coming down. Any chances of that happening this weekend?
7: Uh, I mean, kind of what we have now, I wouldn't call it a major concern. I don't think there's enough moisture uh, in the air right now to squeeze out a significant amount of snow that's going to create travel difficulties okay but i do think there's enough that you're going to have some of these flurries flying around you're you're seeing it now you're going to see it probably through the remainder of the evening and then i think you get another kind of wave tomorrow and what i was mentioning nigel about the you know the winds kind of picking up tomorrow uh all part of the thing system i think kind of rings out the atmosphere a little bit and probably squeezes out a few light snow showers but again you have to go all the way up to probably near south bend or michigan city way way north before you even see around an inch or two of accumulation. So nothing too significant here for the weekend.
2: We're hearing that a lot of people are going to be traveling this holiday Mm -hmm. season. Uh, Our friends at AAA say this is going to be a big year of people flying or even hitting the roads. So I know we're a week away here, Marcus, but just like Indy 500 time, we can never get that forecast early enough. What are we looking at for Christmas?
7: Well, and you guys know it's when you go a week or more out. I I always be I'm always brutally honest. We have trouble enough trying to get the next three to four days right, let alone try to go a week plus, right? But uh, you 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 look at patterns, and we always feel a little more comfortable and confident in temperature trends, a little less confident on precipitation trends. But if you look at kind of how we've been uh, here over the last week, it's been it's been a fairly active pattern, and So if we can continue that trend and then on top of that, which we do feel confident about the cold air, that's going to be coming and not only this weekend, but I should mention that I think we even take a bigger dive late week. And then into the holiday weekend, we may be talking about guys, highs Christmas Eve, Christmas day that don't get out of the teens and lows near zero. So obviously what you need for snow is you need cold and you know, a lot of years we've been lacking in that. Last year, we had a high of 63 on Christmas Day, yeah. for example. So, um, you know, you've got the cold. There are some hints that we could have a system coming in. But, again, I, it's in the land of of voodoo. You can't get into specifics this far out. But I do think it's worth paying attention to because you do have one of the main ingredients with the cold. And we've had a pretty active pattern. Can we pinpoint exactly how much, when? No, but I do think it it, it does up the, the probability of, of maybe having some concerns as we get late week in terms of traveling and, and that sort of thing. So something to kind of keep an eye on uh, as we get closer to the holiday weekend.
2: You uh, you tailgating for the Colts and Vikings game tomorrow, <laughs> or has the negative tone of this season taken away uh, your joy to put meat to
8: fire?
7: Well, I mean, I'm going to watch. <laughs> I mean, are, are, we at, are we at a point now that am, am, am I am I rooting for the? I mean. I, I am a Colts fan. I always will be a Colts fan, but am I, if I want to be like a long-term investor, am I rooting for a loss right. and a loss next week and a loss next week? For a better draft like pick, play, right. right? Exactly, right. So it's like, you know, I don't know. Um, but no, I'm, I mean, I'm a, I'm a fan. I'm going to watch, but obviously the, the optimism is is has died out quite a bit, but we'll, we'll still watch and hope. Hope for the best. Expect the worst and hope for the
2: best. Well, Marcus, if we don't get a chance to talk to you uh, before Christmas, Merry Christmas to you and your family. You have been so good to this show with your time. I know you work a crazy schedule. You get up in the morning, you sleep in the afternoons, but you make time to join us, and uh, that means an awful lot to Nige and I. So thank you so much.
7: Well, I appreciate you guys so much. Uh, on the number one rated show, um, I will always jump on with two of my favorite guys. I've been following you guys for a long time, as you guys know. And uh, I just greatly appreciate all the, the backing you get, not only for me, but, but for all of my colleagues at WISH-TV. It, it means a lot. So uh, Merry Christmas, and, and I appreciate you guys.
2: You got it. Marcus Bailey, meteorologist, WISH-TV. Thanks, Marcus. All right. Matt is standing by in the WIBC Traffic Center.
6: Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Opdivo, Ofatumumab 20-milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kisimta And check out the details at kisimta.com Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation.
9: Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller... Hammer and Nigel presents... Is. It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Is, is this
0: anything? A night WIBC.
2: Hammer, how do we play? Is this anything? I am going to run some stories by you. You, Big Nige, you're going to go full Judge Judy. You're going to take in all the information and you're going to give us a verdict... Is this anything or not? We start with this. Not a lot of companies are doing it, from what we hear. But a landscaping company surprised its employees with a huge holiday bonus check, ranging every everything from seven thousand dollars to two hundred thousand. Oh, two hundred thousand dollars bonus checks. Right. The checks ranged from seven grand to twenty two hundred thousand dollars. In total, $28 million was split between the 1,200 employees. Here's their CEO.
5: The people who deserve the thanks and the appreciation is all of you. You're the ones that have worked hard. You've gotten us here. You've sacrificed, you've compromised. You've earned what we're sharing.
4: It's just so exciting. I'm thrilled for everybody. With this money, I can help my family, I can help my mom.
0: It's just so exciting. Looking around the room and, you know, and seeing the faces, uh, especially when they were opening the checks, uh, was a pretty good feeling. I'm excited. I'm I'm energized. And uh, I'm really looking forward to the next few years. That
1: must be one giant landscaping company. Like, when I think of landscaping, I think of, uh, you know, the guys that that mow my lawn once a week and uh, uh, blow my leaves. Goat Landscaping. They do a great job.
2: Cutters does ours. Cutters Uh, does a great job. Yeah, that's what I
1: think. But I don't think they're pulling in a a, a way to I don't think they're pulling in tens of millions of dollars. (laughs) They could make a $30 million bonus. Uh, Now, Rupert I looked up Rupert Landscape uh, And it's, what do you say, about 1,200 employees. And they're out of, I think they're out of Maryland. And they got like 30 uh, branches throughout the eastern United States. So it's a gigantic landscape. And when I say landscaping, again, you and I think of probably our our yards are pretty basic. Somebody mulching our yard. mulch, Mulch. um, uh, mowing and you know blowing the leaves out onto the curb but there's there's a lot more that's involved with landscaping these big companies just, are oh, like they're just giant cutting the grass yeah. at
2: baseball stadiums yes. and things like that
1: yeah 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 that's uh, impressive though man
2: and good for them. You know, they could have easily just sat on the money and said, "You know what? It's been a tough couple of years. We're going to sit on the money. Inflation's out there." But they chose to dish out twenty-eight million bucks between their employees. You
1: know, our new owners are sitting on a boatload of cash. Wonder if we're going to get any, get any, um, any Christmas bonuses this year, or maybe just a bottle of
2: whiskey or something. No. James, got to get some mood music.
7: <laughs> Grandma got run over by a reindeer.
6: Uh, it's too Walking bad. Walking home
7: from our house Christmas, Christmas Eve. Scene. You, can you know the song, some right? Some Grandma got ran over by a reindeer. Who re- doesn't? It's a staple. As for me and Grandpa, so we we
2: Dr. We Elmo of Grandma got ran over by a reindeer fame. Uh, a lot of people think he's just a one-hit wonder. Well, Think again. Uh, we'd have a hard time keeping up with him at 85 years of age. 85. Because that's what he is now. But in a recent interview, he told us what he accomplished just this past year alone.
7: I'm still running. I turned 85 this year and thought this would be a good time to make some hay before I get too old to run. So I went to Fort Lauderdale and ran in the National Senior Games, and I won the 800, 1500 meter, and 5K. And then I went to Lexington, Kentucky, and won the USATF National Championship in the 400, 800, and 1500 meter. And as of now, and I don't think anybody's going to beat it, but I'm ranked number one in the world in the mile and the 5K. This is
1: the... The, that's the grandma got ran over by a reindeer guy? Couldn't you tell by the voice? <laughs> eighty five years old. Yeah, that's something that's very impressive and it makes me feel incredibly inadequate <laughs> with my athletic accomplishes accomplishments at forty six years old compared to him at eighty five running marathons and,
2: you know, number one rankings. That's pretty cool. Imagine being like a you know, I I'm forty four and I'm running and I see this eighty five year old dude <laughs> dusting me and I find out later, that's the dude that wrote grandma got ran over by a reindeer.
1: He he lives all that, right? I mean, he, he that's that's a song that you can live
2: off of. Yeah. He'd live for the rest of your life, that one song. That's it. That's it. Uh, now, on the heels of songs about reindeer, you and I, Nigel, both used to play the new hit country back in the day. You were at 104.5 The Bear. Yes. And when they flipped over to 93.9 The Bear... I jumped on that radio station staff. I think I might have replaced you, actually. Okay, yeah. So, Joe Diffie. You remember Joe Diffie, right? John Deere Green. John Deere Green. Prop me up beside the jukebox if I die. That's Joe Diffie. So, he wrote a song called Leroy the Redneck Reindeer.
8: Leroy said, hey, I'm on my way.
2: reindeer snickered and laughed. They'd never seen a deer in overalls and a John Deere tractor hat. <laughs> that do anything for you, Nudge. Yeah, that's
1: pretty good. I, I mean, I'm still going with Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer, but that's a close second.
2: Is this anything? An Ohio man allegedly asked for only a dollar and then told the bank teller to push the alarm to summon the police. He then waited inside of the bank <laughs> and surrendered (laughs) to police. Okay.
7: We got
1: a dollar. We got Got a dollar. dollar. We We got got a dollar. dollar. Hey, hey, hey. hey! rascals. Yeah. We got a
7: dollar. We got a dollar. Hey, hey, hey. That's what the bank
1: robber started doing when the the teller gave him a dollar. We got a dollar. We We got got a dollar. dollar. Sounds like this guy wanted to get arrested, obviously. Right. Some people, probably an institutional guy. Probably, you know, like Brooks from Shawshank. He didn't want to leave Shawshank. could make it on the outside. Yeah. Go back in You get three squares a day.
2: You're fine. (laughs) Can I hear the song again? This is from Little Rascals, right? We got a dollar. We got a dollar. We got a
11: dollar. We
7: got a dollar. Hey, 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 hey. We got a dollar. We got a dollar. We got a dollar. Hey, 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 hey.
9: It's
6: the Hammer and Nigel Show.
0: to
1: the Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIBC. Here, just real quick, Hammer. Uh, th- you know it's getting out of control. You know Elon Musk suspended that account that was tracking his private flights, the flight tracker that w- was able to track in real time where Elon Musk was going on his private jet. Uh, he suspended that. He suspended a whole bunch of liberals that were linking to that, and it's gotten so bad. I- I'm seeing right now he also suspended the Santa tracker.
2: Oh, no! No!
1: Keeping Santa safe. We want to keep Santa safe, right? We don't want to dock Santa and
2: divulge exactly where he's at. <laughs> oh, the NORAD official Santa tracker? Come on. Um, so yesterday, again, there's a lot of stuff going on with Elon Musk. Maybe this flew under the radar. The U.S. National Archives released more than 13,000 documents related to to the JFK assassination, which means that about 3% of the documents remain sealed.
1: All of them were supposed to be released, I think, like back in 2017. And, you know, presidents keep squashing it.
2: Right. Uh, But I think the 3% that remain sealed, that's probably the good stuff,
1: right? The stuff
2: we want to know about. (laughs) The stuff we want to know about. So of all the stuff that became public yesterday, these are the highlights. This is what you need to know. Two assassination plots were foiled in Chicago before JFK was shot in Dallas. There were multiple assassination attempts on Kennedy before the kill shot that took place in Dallas. This was according to the documents that were released yesterday. Kennedy was supposed to attend the 1963 Army Air Force football game, but the trip was canceled ...due to an uncovered assassination plot. So damn, imagine you're getting ready to watch Army and Air Force play football... ...and boom, the president gets shot. Also, one of the newly released documents accounts how the CIA... ...produced a, quote, very significant piece of information... ...on Lee Harvey Oswald in October before Kennedy was killed in November...
1: Man, it's so random. And I watched, I know we're getting ready to play a couple of clips from Tucker Carlson last night because he talked to somebody that was uh, like a CIA whistleblower that was directly involved. But it is, when you, when you, I mean, you know, break it down to its essence. How random, how much of a coincidence is it that a lone gunman killed the United States president, the president of the United States, a quote unquote lone gunman? And then uh, just a few days later, another lone gunman killed the killer of the United States of the president of the United States that's a hell of a coincidence isn't it uh, so I'm just saying yeah there's there's a bit of head scratching going just release all of it again it was supposed to be released in 2017 everything I'm not just talking about you know you said 3% remain sealed it, it all needs to be out there
2: I'm with you I'm with you 100% it's been long enough now to where everybody involved has probably passed away they're all dead right So, you mentioned earlier, this is last night on Tucker Carlson's program, he was talking about this release of the documents and how a whistleblower told Tucker
5: Carlson that the CIA was directly involved. We spoke to someone who had access to these still-hidden CIA documents, a person who was deeply familiar with what they contained. We asked this person directly, did the CIA have a hand in the murder of John F. Kennedy, an American president? And here's the reply we received verbatim. Quote, the answer is yes. I believe they were involved. It's a whole different country from what we thought it was. It's all fake. It's hard to imagine a more jarring response than that. Again, this is not a, quote, conspiracy theorist that we spoke to. Not even close. This is someone with direct knowledge of the information that once again is being withheld from the American public, and the answer we received was unequivocal: yes, the CIA was involved in the assassination of the president. Yeah,
1: that's crazy. I mean, that's—I'm not saying crazy in just like a wow, just mind-blown sort of way. You know what I mean? Like, like this was a really good episode
2: last night. And again, much like the Twitter files, what you're hearing doesn't shock you. But it's so fascinating that it's now out there in the open. Here's a little bit more from Tucker Carlson.
5: As cynical as we have become after 30 years of watching government officials ignore the voters who employ them, we were shocked to learn this. It's not acceptable. Americans have trusted their government less with every passing year since the killing of John F. Kennedy. Maybe this is why. And people have known this for a long time. The people who knew would include every director of the CIA since November of 1963. And that list would include Obama's CIA director, John Brennan, one of the most sinister and dishonest figures in American life. That list would also include, we are sad to say, our friend Mike Pompeo. Oh,
2: so now Pompeo is the guy that normally comes on with Tucker. And Tucker did point out last night that... Pompeo was invited, but did not respond to come on to this episode to talk about what's going on with the Kennedy files. conveniently did not get that message right okay um Grubhub has released their year in report, and the top trending cuisine of the year was Australian food shrimp on the Bobby. <laughs> Is that, what they, is that what that means? What does that
1: mean, Australian?
2: I, I don't know, but I do know that they consider Outback Steakhouse to be Australian, <laughs> so maybe that's that.
1: Oh, man, I've been Outback forever. Love Outback Steakhouse. Oh, the cheese fries and the ranch are incredible. The
2: kookaburra wings. Mm. Oh, man. Um, the most ordered foods, according to Grubhub, were burritos, cheeseburgers, and cheese pizza. Very specific on cheese pizza. You're a big Grubhub or a DoorDash guy? It's
1: DoorDash. Yeah, uh, the wife has a DoorDash on her phone, and she's paid for the—so um, you don't have to pay the delivery fees. I don't have it on my—every time I do it on my phone, I got to pay like a $10, 5 or $10 extra in, in delivery fees. We get it all the time. Got Chick-fil-A last night.
2: Oh, nice. I have never yeah. done one of the delivery apps. I've never done Grubhub. I have never done really? any of these. DoorDash, no. I just go get it. I don't want to pay any extra fees. I don't want somebody else having my food right there. I I just want to go get it.
1: That's the only thing, but uh, it's come in handy a few times. Yeah. For sure.
2: Now, your kids are younger than mine, so maybe if you've got dad duty and chaos going on at the homestead. Oh, yeah. You know, I understand that, but no nah, i mean i'm pretty lazy and i'm kind of a fat <laughs> bastard but i can go get my own food like i'll have a pizza delivered and that's about it will you call ahead no nah, not really unless if, i have a you... massive order like i'm not going to be the jerk that has that pulls up to the drive-thru i need a hundred tacos i'm not going to be that guy
1: yeah, but you don't call ahead olive garden like when you get it and bring it back home well, yeah, with that, but I'm okay. talking about like just quick stuff. See, but I see, I, like I, 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 my wife always asks me if I if I want to call ahead. Hey, will you stop and get Olive Garden? I can call ahead, I'll tell her no, 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 no. Don't call ahead. I just I want to order it when I get there, so I can sit there and have a beer in silence there at the bar you go.
2: while I wait. <laughs> That's what it's about. <laughs> um, hit me with a little booze news.
9: You set them up, and I'll knock them back, Lloyd, one by one. <laughs>
1: We are gonna read booze news 'cause it's really fun. Once it
9: hits your lips, it's so
0: good. <laughs> I Every night to present booze news, booze news, yeah.
1: You don't want to call ahead because you want to sit there by yourself in silence and drink a beer and look on your phone. Yep. (laughs) Yeah, Lindsay, you got me.
2: (laughs) You're nodding your head up and down going, no. So this is kind of booze news. What happened? A man assaulted his wife with a Christmas tree. Because something from the sink splashed him. Huh? So follow me here. 52-year-old man from, guess the state? Florida. Florida lost his temper and assaulted his wife after she asked for help with making dinner. Things escalated when the woman dropped a spoon in the sink, causing something to splash
1: on the guy. I understand it's happened to all of us. It gets pretty crazy when that happens.
2: He overreacted. He flipped out. It sent him into a rage where he began uh, to just act like a lunatic. Well, he started packing his things to leave.
1: And then he remembered he'd been drinking. <laughs> Aha! There it is! So he told his wife to leave instead. <laughs> oh, no.
2: He was doing the responsible thing. Sure. I mean, it's kind of well, a power on. move. Like, you're the one freaking out. Then say, you know what? Why don't you leave? That's a power move, I think.
1: And then one thing leads to another. Picked up the Christmas tree, launched it, threw it at her, and now he's in jail.
2: You know what? Maybe he needs to detox a little bit. Maybe you need to lock his ass up for a little while until no. he learns his lesson. You can't act like a lunatic. As Ellen Griswold once said, it's Christmas and we're all in misery. <laughs>
0: <laughs> The Hammer and Nigel Show. Those goopy bastards are just about the best thing I've got going in this crazy world. 93 WIPC.
1: Sometimes if you forget to zip your fly. What's the difference?
2: Yeah, but I do that on purpose. I give the people what they want. Thank you. James and I appreciate it. So Drew Brees is coming back to be a special assistant coach for Purdue's bowl game. Because Purdue's going through a little bit of a transition in the coaching. Their head coach, Jeff Braum bolted to go back to Louisville so they're in between they're getting ready for this defensive coordinator from Illinois to come over and take the reins but Drew Brees Purdue alumni said you know what I'll help out with the offense so he's gonna be an assistant coach helping with the quarterback all right
1: but it's just like a promotional deal like I mean obviously this is a one-off deal just a one-time deal right it's 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 nothing more than kind of you know, tune in to see Drew Brees on the sidelines, <laughs> <laughs> which is cool, fine. You know, Purdue, what do they call it? The cradle of quarterbacks. Right. And, and he's, well, I mean, he's the, probably the most successful quarterback to come out of that program.
2: Yeah. Lynn Dawson was good. Uh, but if, I think Drew Brees, Super Bowl champion and uh, future Hall of Famer, gonna. I, I mean, I'll watch it.
1: <laughs> That's the first time I think I've ever watched a game just so I can see Drew Brees on the sidelines coaching.
2: It's a good game. They're playing LSU, too. So it's not like this is some sort of scrub bowl game like I'm gambling on today. Are they going to get the brakes beat off of them, though? I think so. Yeah. LSU, they won their half of the SEC. And they've got a couple quarterbacks that both want to be the guy next year. So they're playing to impress people. Meanwhile, Purdue's quarterback, Aiden O'Connell, he's sitting the game out.
1: That's what a lot of those guys do, just get ready for the NFL. They don't want to
2: take a risk on injury. Right. My Tennessee volunteers are going to have basically like a JV scrub unit out there. The two (laughs) first-round receivers, gone. Who do they play? Uh, Tennessee will play Clemson. I've got a bet with Jake Query, who's a big Clemson guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoever's team loses that game, you have to buy the winner the championship T-shirt. Okay. So I've got the volunteers. Jake Query's got Clemson. But uh, you're right, unless you're in that final four. And even then, like one of Ohio State's best receivers is opting out and they're in the final four. But man, I like bowl season. Like, where else can you gamble on a game like UTSA (laughs) taking on Troy? Is that what you're watching right now? Yes. Did you bet on this? I did. I've got Troy with three points, so we got a close game going on right now. (laughs) You traveling at all? Anything significant for the holidays? No, man. It's pretty low-key. You know, Christmas is all pretty close to the homestead, and Monday is my final day here until – january 4th because mm-hmm. i got a backlog of vacation time that i have to use or i lose so don't let the youtube chat and twitter say that i got fired <laughs> i'm just taking vacation time that i've got backlogged here
1: the AAA saying this year will be the third busiest year for holiday travel ever People getting back out on the roads, man. 112 million people are expected to travel 50 miles or more. Okay, so that's the standard. That's what I always wondered about these things. 112.7 uh, million people expected to travel 50 miles or more during the holidays. Now, they've only been keeping track since 2000. They've been keeping track of this kind of thing, but still, since they've been keeping track, the third uh, busiest year ever.
2: I'll be doing some traveling after Christmas, going down to Nashville for a couple of days but uh for christmas man it's pretty close to home certainly not driving 50 miles anywhere you nope
1: just uh, downtown and uh we we got it set up where they
2: come to us oh uh, the relatives come to us have kids have leverage that's right I like it top stories next
0: Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos on ninety-three WIBC. So
1: let's rock Twitter, along with uh, new owner Elon Musk, suspended a bunch of uh, like far-left liberal accounts last night. This all has to do with doxing Elon Musk. There is a Twitter account that uh, can pinpoint his location when he flies private got rid of that, there's some stalker issues going on, and uh, suspended a bunch of uh, liberal left-leaning uh, accounts that were kind of linking to these uh, these bots, these Twitter accounts that were, were doxing Elon Musk. Right.
2: Now, let's go back a couple weeks, All because right. on November 6th, Elon Musk put out a tweet about that specific account that was tracking his whereabouts. Quote, my commitment to free speech extends even to not banning the account following my plane, even though that is a direct personal safety risk. Hmm. So that was November 6th. He must have changed his mind. December 14th, Elon Musk, quote, last night, a car carrying Lil X, which is his son, in Los Angeles was followed by a crazy stalker thinking that it was me, who later blocked the car from moving and climbed onto the hood. So it was at that point where his family was in danger because people were following this tracker, finding out where he was at, and then waiting to follow him, that he made a change in the policy. We went all scorched earth. Basically.
0: Correct.
1: all of these left-leaning people that don't like Elon Musk were, were linking to this site, and they were talking about it, and they were indirectly sharing links to the site where you could track his whereabouts and his private planes. And I, the, the other thing that not a lot of people were talking about was that this Twitter account that would track his movements when he was flying private was technically a bot account. It was developed by... I think a 19, 20 year old kid, but it automatically gave updates and stuff like that. The kid didn't have to do anything further. He just, it was, So technically it was a bot account. And Elon also made a pledge to get rid of bot
2: accounts right. as well. Now, the folks that were suspended include Lunatic Keith Olbermann, <laughs> Lunatic Aaron Rupar. And CNN's Donnie O'Sullivan and The Washington Post drew Harwell. All people who, in some way, were linking to that account where it was tracking Elon Musk's whereabouts in real time. Screw them. That's what I say.
1: I mean, hey, I thought if you didn't like Twitter's policies, go make your own platform. Remember them telling us all that when, when conservative accounts were getting shadow banned? And certain doctors, uh, you know, pushing back on COVID, were, were getting banned. Oh, wait a minute, you don't like that? Well, it's a it's a, you know it's a free country. You can go
2: start your own Twitter. And conservatives did that, and it was Parler, and then Parler got shut down because the servers were refusing to work with it. Yeah. And the biggest peak of hypocrisy last night was the outrage from Taylor Lorenz. She is a super liberal writer who was playing the victim because she outed the libs of TikTok's owner. Yeah. Because the libs of TikTok owner Mm -hmm. had their address put out there by Taylor Lorenz. Washington Post, yeah. And then she acted like she was the victim when everybody was saying, hey, what the hell are you doing here? Knock the crap off. She was in one of these Twitter space meetings last night, which is kind of like a big conference call, basically. And she's in there with a bunch of these zeros, like Yamichi El Cindor, CNN, New York Times writers. I think the thumb was in this chat and listen to taylor lorenz complaining last
9: night
10: i mean i think the trending topics the incentive like the whole way trending topics works is definitely fundamentally broken and it's just so rich to hear him complain about doxing and harassment i mean I am doxxed and harassed constantly on this app, and I mean, I'm very, I, I don't, that doesn't mean that I think everything needs to be moderated You do more the doxxing! So yeah. Users deserve more control over their own experience.
1: I don't think she would have been doxxed in the first place, which again means people publish your whereabouts, your personal address, where you work, things like that. Nobody would have doxxed her if she hadn't done it to a Twitter account user. Right. Uh, who wanted to remain anonymous. Who really, the libs of TikTok, they only, their only sin was publishing videos that liberals and progressives put out there on TikTok and just
2: retweeted them and reposted them. Using their own words yeah, he, against uh, them. Uh, that's all it is, It's just showing these lunatics in their element. But again, this little session that she was involved in, these people in there, like you would think this was the first day of kindergarten and parents were dropping off their kids with the amount of crying <laughs> going on in this Twitter session yeah, last everybody's night. Everybody's
1: concerned, concerned about censorship all of a sudden. How convenient when it's happening to you. Where were all these people when Alex Berenson was kicked off the oh, platform? No question, exactly. Alex Barrett, a friend of the show, been on with us many times, uh, a guy uh, uh, that's, that's pushed back on, on COVID and, and questioned the lockdowns and vaccines, and, and nobody said boo when they took him off Twitter. And something else they don't realize is that that, that Elon Musk has been exposing uh, governments working with social media platforms, including Twitter, to shut certain people down. We knew that was going on when Alex Berenson, he came on the show and successfully sued Twitter and has been publishing documents ever since showing that people from the Biden administration had a hand in, uh, in turning off Alex Berenson's account. So this is something, again, we've known for weeks before that email dump.
2: Speaking of uh, lunatic leftists. Stacey Abrams, fresh off losing the Georgia governor's race for the second time to the same dude. For some reason, she was invited to Good Morning America today i have no idea why i think the other 75 guests in front of her must have canceled (laughs) but she told us that she might run again
6: what okay so now that the midterms are over i know you probably get asked this a lot but we have to ask what's next for you how likely are you to run for office again i may run again but i've always said Eh. that it's not about the title it's about the work
2: she may run
1: again Uh, she's she's a sucker for rejection (laughs) She's like a sadomasochist.
2: I mean, she loves the pain. I I don't think I could take that level of rejection. You weren't the only one that was laughing right there. Like, if I were to put, like, an 80s sitcom-style laugh track behind what she just said, this is what it would sound like.
6: Okay, so now that the midterms are over, I know you probably get asked this a lot, but we have to ask. What's next for you? How likely are you to run for office again? I may run again, but I've always said that it's not about the title. It's about the work. (laughs) Which, that kind of got me
2: thinking, and I went down a rabbit hole this afternoon. <laughs> that
1: was great.
2: Here's what uh, that uh. poignant moment in Forrest Gump would sound like if it had a laugh track on it.
10: His name's Forrest. Like me. I named him after his daddy.
4: He got a daddy named Forrest, too?
10: You're his daddy, Forrest.
1: this <laughs> totally ruined it for me.
2: Like, this is what I do in the <laughs> afternoon sometimes. And lastly, try not to laugh when you hear James Earl Jones do that legal ID for CNN when he says it's the most trusted name in news. This is CNN, the most
0: trusted name in
2: news. Having a little fun with the laugh track right there. Bravo. Matt Bear. he's standing by with a look at the roads. My name is Nigel
1: Hammers over there. A uh, language tutorial site called what is this? Pre- Preply. Preply. This is kind of interesting. They examined 60 scripts of popular holiday movies to find out which ones had the most cuss words.
2: Cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's about time science pulled this part around here. Uh, here are the top 10.
1: I bet you can't guess what the number one Christmas holiday movie with the most swear words is. I mean, it's just off the top of your head, just think, uh, think
8: about that. Can you give me a hint? You know, I think I've turned a corner. I beat the <laughs> some kids today, but it's for a purpose. It made me feel good about myself, like I accomplished something.
7: You need many years
2: of therapy. <laughs> many, many, many years of therapy. So, Bad Santa yeah, Bad was clearly Santa number
1: one. 255 swear words in Bad Santa, which actually kind of seems kind of low.
2: And those are me. the good swear words, oh, too. Yeah. It's not like damn or something. We're talking about the good stuff. Um,
1: uh, a, a movie I always talk about in at number two called The Ref with Dennis Leary. And Kevin Spacey, where he takes the uh, people, where he takes them hostage and pretends to be their therapist when the family comes over, when he's really taking them hostage and trying to rob them. It's a comedy. It's hilarious. And this actually sounds low to me, too 86 swear words. Thought that would be a little ref. higher. Well, Dennis Larry's are like one of those foul mouth comics. Right. You know, that's what he's known for. Really funny. If you haven't seen The Ref, of course. Some movie in at number three called Better Watch Out. I've never heard of it. Never heard of uh, uh, 82 swear words. Uh, Die Hard, if you're going to consider Die Hard a Christmas movie, they are in this
2: category. 77 swear words in Die Hard. And not only do we consider it a Christmas movie, the Hammer and Nigel Show, with yeah. the help of Hammer and Nigel Records, have put together the 12 Days of Christmas using nothing but Die Hard <laughs> audio. 12 terrorists at Nakatomi Plaza. Been doing this be for 11 years.
0: 10 square blocks. Mayday, Mayday. Channel
5: 9.
8: <laughs> 8 Lincoln and 30 to dispatch. The seven members of the new Provo Front.
5: Six armed Six with automatic three. weapons. Five imprisoned leaders of Liberté de Quebec. <laughs>
12: $4 million. Three down, four to
3: go. Code oh, two at Nakatomi Plaza.
4: Killed one terrorist for sure, and he claims he's capped off two others. Happy <laughs> <of the> Christmas. <laughs> Christmas.
1: Yes, sir, right there. <laughs> oh, that was great. 77 swear words in Die Hard. Uh, rounding out the top five, another favorite of mine, underrated, Just Friends with Ryan Reynolds. It's 46 swear words. Uh, now, uh, in at number six, have you ever heard of the movie Black Christmas? black Christmas. I have not. It's from 1974. I have not. 39 swear words.
2: Joe Biden says, you ain't Christmas.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Number seven, Trading Places with Eddie Murphy and Dan Aykroyd. Uh, thirty-seven swear words. I guess we could call Trading Places a Christmas movie. It's sure. Place during Christmas.
2: The yeah, iconic scene of Dan Aykroyd pulling the uh, the meat out oh, of the beer. Oh, so
1: gross! The salmon or whatever <laughs> on the bus because he's hammered. Uh, number eight is Krampus. Never saying it. Uh that's for twenty fifteen. Thirty-seven swear words. Number nine, Love Actually, 2003. You're so lucky you haven't seen that. Been talking about that lately on this show. My wife is going to make me watch it at least five more times before Christmas next week. 36 swear words. And then uh, the top 10, The Family Man. Is that Nicolas Cage? I think that's Nicolas Cage. I think so. Um, 32 swear words but yeah bad santa and the ref (laughs) bad santa like 255 swear words and then the next one is the
2: ref at 86 swear words bad
1: santa more than double second place
2: Uh, speaking of oh, wow. Christmas, I don't like this news at all. Man. According to a new report, fewer companies are going to be giving out Christmas bonuses this year because they're concerned about the inflation moving forward, and some of them still haven't recovered fully from the pandemic.
1: How about you, anybody might be concerned that their employees are leaving? Would that be a concern to you? I mean, I understand inflation and all that, but maybe try to uh, hold on to your employees by giving them a little something. Right. No bonuses. We had that story earlier and Is This Anything about the landscape company that doled out like $28 million in bonuses, which is w- uh, unbelievable to me. So you're saying other companies are now saying, nah, I'm gonna hold off on the bonus. They're not but even yeah, getting the
2: jelly of the month club. <laughs> You'll get nothing and like it. That's what we're hearing, and I don't want this bad news to ruin my Christmas vibe Please. that we've got going yeah, here, man, Nige. This so fun segments. I think what we need is a classic album to celebrate the holidays for some of the, shall we say, younger Hammer and Nigel Show listeners.
0: This holiday season, there's only one album that is sure to not offend people. Hammer and Nigel Records presents a non-offensive millennial Christmas. (laughs) You won't hear any songs, just a list of reasons why we can't have them. (laughs) Like, Baby It's Cold Outside.
6: That's a date rape anthem.
0: God rest you Married gentleman.
6: It's anti-feminist.
0: The little drummer boy.
6: It's not gender neutral and it's sexist towards female drummers.
0: Winter Wonderland.
6: It totally dismisses wonderlands in tropical climates.
0: Do you hear what I hear?
6: It's insensitive to the hearing impaired.
0: White Christmas.
6: Racist.
0: No music, no songs, just a list of reasons why the perpetually offended make our lives hell. And backed by popular demand, order now and we'll throw in this bonus album, an Elizabeth Warren Christmas.
8: Silent night. Yeah. Oh of
0: non-offensive Millennial Christmas, exclusively on Hammer and Nigel Records. Wow, what a classic. Classic Christmas album. The uh, city
1: is fighting public urination with a special splashback paint.
5: <laughs> Apparently,
1: Hammer...
2: Pu- I'm sorry, what?
1: Public urination is a problem in London. They love their drinks in London, in those pubs. They've been struggling with people relieving themselves in the city streets, and they're fighting back by painting surfaces with a, quote, splashback paint that will soak anyone who pees on it. Good Lord. I now, didn't know we had now, this technology. I, we, here's a technology that I love, because we talked about this last month. We heard that scientists designed a urinal that Drastically reduces splashing, right? I, I, every every urinal I've ever been to, I get splashback. You get a little splashback. Uh, please, the one in the uh, work bathroom. Yes, here down the hallway. Are you kidding me? And you look below the urinal, oh. the stuff that's seeped over and kind of splashed on the floor. It's so gross. So. Uh, But there are other cases that could benefit from an increase in splashing. This uh, Westminster neighborhood in London has been struggling with people relieving themselves on the streets. And this special paint, if you pee on the paint, it like soaks you. It's like a repellent almost. It's like a
2: super soaker to fight back against public urination. What was the movie that...
1: uh, uh, with the, all the guy maybe it was Naked Gun when all the guys started um, uh, spray painting graffiti on the wall and the wall spray painted back. <laughs> I can't I remember. That was Naked Gun. I think it was. It was hilarious. But um, so and also, it's got so bad in this town that they they added posters with QR codes to help people find the nearest public restroom. Good lord! <laughs>
2: <laughs> like you don't even see that in Broad Ripple. No. Like, you know, like. Good lord. So what you're telling me, Nige, is that all of this talk of public urination means it's time to play great moments in public urination history. Okay. For instance, the scene in Dumb and Dumber. I got, I gotta stop and go to
7: the bathroom. Just go, man. <laughs>
1: It's really warm. It's <laughs> really warm. Is that when they're on the scooter?
2: They're freezing yeah. <laughs> on the scooter, driving to Aspen. Great moments of public urination <laughs> brings us to the film Tommy Boy, where uh. Rob Lowe's character is a little inebriated and he takes a leak on an electric fence. I'm
6: telling you, Paul, the only thing keeping us poor is Tommy. The guy's an idiot. <laughs> He won't sell squat.
7: This is what I think of Callahan. <laughs> Tommy saved the factory.
2: That's a laugh. I love it. And last but certainly not least, okay. the scene and something about Mary. <laughs> Were at the red stop. Yep. Yeah.
4: That's what, I, that's what I was doing. I was just peeing. I was peeing too. Yeah, I'm sure you're all just let's go. Let's move it up.
2: <laughs> Great <laughs> moments in public urination history. Highway rest areas through
1: the bathhouses of the 90s for many, 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 many gay men.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got Abdul coming right. up next. Is he running for mayor or not? Let's ask him. We'll ask him that. But first, here's a look at the news. <laughs>
1: Hammer is here, Abdul Akin Shabazz, attorney at law and longtime host here at 93WIBC, joining us in studio. I'm, we still haven't come up with a name for this segment. Abdul wanted to do Up Abdul's Alley at one point, and I was like... Yeah, that sounds kinda... like
2: something you find on Pornhub.
1: <laughs> so what's your point? <laughs> Abdul's like, yeah, and and. and. So uh, we'll still have to figure out a name for this segment eventually. I don't know. Like, How about but... chatting with Mr. Mayor? Let's do that. <laughs> oh, oh, oh,
0: oh, oh <laughs> hey, real quick.
1: My dad, I, I'm on my way into work this morning, and my dad calls me almost like frantically. He's like, hey, I just heard... So- Is Abdul running for mayor? Is he going to run for mayor? Is he really <laughs> running for mayor? I don't think he he' been listening the past yeah. couple of weeks as we talked about it before but my dad was like fired up at the prospect of you running for mayor today that's, i that's got that it. phone call from the old man today let
4: see if i know if i get papa nigel support this would be a <laughs> this would be, be a cakewalk <laughs> right,
1: well it, it, it wouldn't be too hard to get his support anybody but uh said trust me it's, running it's, into
4: a lot of that these days
1: really
2: so what's the latest here are you running for this thing or not
4: uh, what I have decided to do, uh, or what my wife has decided to do, let's put it that way, um, is let me form an exploratory committee to run uh, to look at running for mayor. Oh come on, come on, <laughs> just <laughs> do it. No, no, by, by forming an exploratory committee, a you can raise money, b you can do some other things, you can talk to people, you have a, you're you're basically sort of testing the waters. Until it's time to actually file, which is like the first week of February.
1: who's who's gonna be on this exploratory committee? I think we people hear those words and don't know what they mean exactly.
4: Uh, you just put like, together a team of like, your political friends, your fundraising friends, you know your your media political. Do your, you pay them? Uh, yes and no. Uh, for, for That's to right. no. know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Usually, for the exploratory committee, you don't, you don't necessarily pay anybody. Just have sort of your your sort of your, your kitchen cabinet of, of, of advisors there. Hey, do I think you should do this? Do this? Do this? So, uh, it's for an exploratory committee. Uh, make a make a formal announcement about the exploratory committee in uh, after Christmas, and then make a, a final decision about running for mayor in February.
2: So we're going to find out who's on this special fact finding committee, like in Revenge of the Nerds, where it was Stan Gable and Betty Childs <laughs> trying to get to the bottom of the shenanigans against the Lambda 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 House.
4: Well, more like Weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> uh,
1: even better. Even what are, better. What are you hearing in terms of um, how people feel about Joe Hogsett and his chances? Well. At a- another term, a third
4: term, especially since he was all four-term limits. When we polled uh, the mayor's race back in September, we asked we we took out a section of Mary County residents, so we asked them, do you think the mayor should get a third term? A third said yes, a third said no, and a third said they were undecided. Now, which we thought was interesting, because usually you you, you think either, hey, come do it or, or, or don't do it. But also, I want to say half of Democrats only thought the mayor should get a third term. So that tells me uh, the Joe Hawk set, uh is somewhat vulnerable now. The, now the question is, who's he vulnerable against? Is it somebody like me? Is it somebody like Pastor Jackson on the Republican side? Is it you know Robin Shackelford? Is it Greg Merriweather on the Democratic side? That still remains to be seen. But the one thing that the one thing that's pleasantly surprised me is sort of uh, I'm not just kind of going back to your dad. Yeah. So the the, the excitement and enthusiasm about the possible Abdul candidacy. It's like wow, really? You guys are. That excited! Wow, that means I got to do this now, doesn't? Like my it? dad was out of breath when he was, <laughs> he was calling me, and he loves his
1: station. He loves getting the inside, you know, behind the scenes scoop. I go, Dad, we've been talking about this for a couple of weeks, but I think he, I think it's it's kind of taken to a another level now that you're talking about exploratory committees and, and things like that.
2: So you mentioned that Hogsett is vulnerable, and I agree with you, but I would have said the same thing about Ryan Mears, and he won. I don't want to say in a landslide, but very comfortably by like 20 percentage points in Marion County. Is that a concern for you at all?
4: Oh, yeah, big time. Uh, because, number one, I mean, any, anything can happen in politics. In a, a day in the politics is a lifetime, so anything can happen. But just because something can happen doesn't mean necessarily it's likely to happen. I mean, there, there's a 50-50 chance there's a million dollars under this table right here, but well, but what's the probability of the likelihood of me finding a million dollars on this table? Not, not very good. So... That That is an issue, uh, because uh, once again, Democrats sort of out, outnumber Republicans sixty sixty five thirty five forty in Marion County, right, which is and why that was th-
2: basically how Ryan Mears beat Cindy Carrasco
4: that those percentages right, and so part of it is appealing to those straight ticket voters mm. like hey you know what it's, yeah. it's okay to you know split to split your ticket because a lot of people think once you vote straight ticket that's basically you can 't do anything like no, you can do whatever you want on your on your ballot so that's a, so, so that is part of the equation. The, the other part of the equation, too, is just running something sort of unconventional, doing sort of a different type of campaign. And that I'm still trying to sort of figure out and uh, get through all the, all the, all the machinations. But it's, it's something I am seriously giving some major thought to.
2: Were there things you could learn from... Cindy Carrasco's campaign, whether that's things that worked, things that didn't work, that you could try to use in a same situation. Because it feels like to me, and maybe I'm completely wrong, Abdul, and you can tell me if I am, Hawksett and yeah. Mears, kind of the same situation here. Vulnerable Democratic candidates, a lot of baggage, there's a lot of things that these guys have done wrong. But they've got such an overwhelming base yeah. here in Marion County.
4: Uh, that that <clears throat> Excuse me, that, that's part of it. Also, too, uh, in addition to talking to Sidney Carrasco, it's also talking to uh, Jim Merritt, uh, who lost the last mayor's race. But Jim is really good at sort of that... Uh, you know, here's what I did right. Here's what we did wrong. Here's what we, we could do better. So you got to talk to people who win, but also got to talk to people who lose. Like like any good coach, so yeah, to speak. up right. Use a football analogy here. This is why you watch the whole video. This is why you watch the whole videotape of both teams. Here's what we did right. Here's where we sucked. Here's what we can do better, etc. So. Well, go
1: back to Merritt for a second. What did he do wrong? Was it wasn't so much him as it was he didn't have
4: much backing? Did he from the state, from um, the governor? Not, not not necessarily not necessarily backing from from the state, but also too. I assume that if I'm going to do this, I will get. The only person to be able to help me is me, and so in that universe, how do we? How do you run a a moral race? Assuming, assuming you know, you got your your donors. That's it. But assuming no sort of outside organizational help, and I think that's where that's where you should start because if it happens, then you're not surprised. Do
2: Republicans, whether that's you or any other Republican running for a position in Marion County have to do a better job of going to some of these inner city hotspots. We're talking about the 38th streets. We're talking about the post road kind of areas. Those are places you normally don't see a lot of Republicans knocking on doors.
4: And also what you have to do, A, you have to show up, number one. And number two, you have to talk to people, not at people. Because when you you talk at people, they're Hi, I'm I'm running for public. Their their mind's just turned off. They're they're done. So you you actually have to talk to them, learn their stories, learn what's going on in their neck of the woods in order to to make that connection. What did you
1: think of uh, yesterday, IMPD chief saying, hey, look, you know, crime's actually down 15%. We're making progress here. And Hammer and I have been talking about the fact that, like, well, there's no place to go. But down and one year does not a trend make. I mean, should should everybody be high fiving right now that you know we're 200 plus homicides, but
4: we're we're down from the record last year.
2: We're still on pace for a top three of all time.
4: <laughs> Actually, I, I think I think uh, allow me to uh, give you a, give you a loyally answer here. You guys always love, love my loyally oh answers. Boy, here. Oh God! <laughs> and let the record show, Your Honor. <laughs> um, I, first of all, I do think it's good that homicide that criminal homicides are down. Whenever murders are down, that's always a good thing. Of course. However. In context, I want to say, what was it last year? We had the mass shootings, like FedEx, and all the other stuff. So, when you take out the mass shootings that happened, you know, because you say those are those are anomalies because those don't happen every day. Are are criminal homicides really down, or are, are the same as they were last year? So that to me is interesting. That, that to me is i hey, I'm happy homicides, criminal homicides down. I've been tracking this stuff for almost twenty years. However, let's not get too far ahead of ourselves and keep this in in context.
2: A number that really kind of made me, you know take a step back was the fact that if you look at what's happened in Indianapolis, someone is stabbed every 44 hours in this city. We always hear about the shootings, right? Uh, the shootings and gun violence and all that kind of stuff,
4: but the stabbings, Abdul, might not get the headlines, but this is a problem. And and part of that comes from sort of changing changing the culture. I believe that I'm using a line that Mike Pence used a long time ago. I don't believe I actually used this, but it actually makes sense. Indianapolis should be the worst place to commit a crime, but the best place to get a second chance. That's sort of my—I'm a a, a big weed-and-seed kind of person. There Now,
2: second chance I'm with you, but 5th, 6th, 7th, and 8th is where I think a lot of people have a problem.
4: Exactly. And that's why I jokingly say there there are people we're mad at versus people we're afraid of. The people we're afraid of, the habitual offenders, you guys need to go. I'm sorry. Can't can't help you. That governor's uh, race is getting pretty crowded for the GOP, isn't it? Uh, yes. Uh, right now, Mike Bronze, uh Suzanne Crouch, Eric Doden, and probably one more to be determined later. What do you think? Like Hollingsworth? Uh, Hollingsworth. I've heard Hollingsworth, he he, I've heard Hollingsworth said he. I've heard said he wouldn't run for, for governor. He may try to run for lieutenant governor with with Mike Braun. But I don't know necessarily if he wants to. Candidates from Southern Indiana for, you know, geographical diversity purposes, that sort What's of thing.
2: What's some of the chatter? What are some of the names that are out there in the blog sphere, Abdul, that could be throwing their name in the mix?
4: Well, the one everybody, the one that nobody wants is Todd Rakita. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> is he thinking about it? Um, I'm sure he is. Maybe he looks in the mirror, he sees himself as governor, as opposed to something else. Um, so, he's a possible candidate. Um, like I said, he's, he's the only name I'm hearing hearing right now. I'm hearing Joe Hawks they may try to run you know, for the U.S. Senate Uh statewide because of because of who he is. So hold hold on. You can't just Whoa. skip that over there. Uh, so the domino
2: that. effect here, like so if Braun is going to run for governor, this opens up a senate seat. We're already hearing names like Jim, you know, Banks, Jim Victor- Banks, Victoria, Victoria Spars. You're telling me that one boss hog set would take a look at that?
4: Uh that's what I've been told that the that the mayor is taking a look at running for the US Senate.
2: Oh, please make that happen. Please make that happen, because the rest of the state needs to understand that this guy was nowhere to be found two nights of rioting. And he's going to have to answer that question sooner or later. Somebody other than my dad, Abdul, has to ask this guy that question,
4: right? Well, let's just say uh, the commercials... uh being drawn up
1: uh, what's the uh, um, <laughs> real quick before we let you go here the chances of uh, lieutenant governor crouch versus a uh, mike Braun getting the nomination
4: um like i said it's kind of hard to tell because it's just so far so far out right now um i think they both have you know decent amount of name identification for people who pay attention to this type of stuff right now i would say suzanne crouch is technically the front runner uh because she walks really? in with about 40 45 percent of the Republican primary uh, electorate. Uh, Mike, but Mike is close behind. Then Eric Doden, I would say, is in, technically in third place right Who's now. Who's going to have more money? Is that Braun? Uh, Braun technically, by default, has more more cash. But then again, it's it's December of 2022. This yeah. isn't until November 2024.
2: Last thing here. Got about 30 seconds. What do you see happening with current governor Eric Holcomb?
4: Um. Right now, just being governor and focused on everything. But what's
2: his future? Like, does he want to be a senator? Does he just want to kind of ride off in the sunset, sit out a term, and maybe run again?
4: Uh, I can see him taking over the IHSA. Interesting. All right. Because he's a big sports person. What's
2: coming up this weekend?
4: Uh, no show this weekend because of IU basketball, oh, and we're oh, off yeah. next weekend because of Christmas, and we're back the following weekend.
2: Abdul, thank you. Thanks, buddy. Thank you. Ready to drink some beer, Big night. Let's nige. do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Beer Sample Friday next
0: Right now.
10: Cameron um,
11: and
0: Angel present. Beer sample. Fry. Yeah. I got some beers. Let's drink them, huh?
7: Beers on sale, people. Come down get you some.
1: Merry Christmas and happy holidays to our sponsor for Beer Sample Friday, Thompson Furniture and Mattress down in Columbus. My Wife and I had a dinner with the Thompsons uh, last Friday night. Closed the place down in Zionsville, like the bartender had to ask us to leave.
2: <laughs> that's why they're such a great sponsor with I the know. Hammer and
1: Nigel show. <laughs> like this fancy place. I'm thinking about um, one of the seafood, the the oysters uh, uh, Noah Grant's in Zionsville. We had a late reservation, and then uh, we looked up. And it was like 10:45, and the bartender was like, "All right, seriously, guys, five more minutes, and that's it." <laughs> so thanks to our sponsors, Thompson Furniture and
2: Matt. And I love. I love when Hammer and Nigel listeners go down to Thompson yeah. Furniture and they take pictures and they you know, they send it back to us. That's awesome. Well, if
1: you buy something down there, anything um, in terms of like a mattress or furniture, you can get free uh, engraved mugs and stuff with our logo. Like the Yeti cups. It's yes, a Yeti, yes. And those are expensive, man, but you can get them for free and it's the only place you can get stuff with our logo
2: on it right now. Right. And it doesn't have to be our logo. I mean, you can no, get yeah, whatever you, you, you want yeah. on it. If uh, you want your favorite team's logo, you can get that. All right, so the beer that I brought today is part of a gift. This is from our friends at Ash and Elm. Oh, yeah, they've been here before, yeah. Right, and they've got a package that has the Cider of the Month yeah, in it. they specialize in those ciders, man. They're right. really good. So it's a 12-pack, and each month it's a different cider. That's a gift that keeps on giving the whole year, Hammer. So this is an example oh. of one of them. She, uh, Andrea oh. from Ash and Elm brought this to me. This is uh, the S- cider they have for July, I believe. Kiwi Granny Smith? Kiwi Granny Smith alcoholic Cider. That's <laughs> <laughs> what okay. I call it. I- Crack it open.
1: Here, there right. we go.
2: So there are twelve different flavors. So you can do, you can sign up for this. They'll send you a new one every month. Yeah, and they have the pre-packaged twelve pack. So if you just want oh, to put you. it in your okay. fridge, okay, okay. got gotcha. you. Gotcha. You know, gotcha. you open one up every single month, and it's like a one of those little uh, calendars, but it's a beer.
1: Woo! Kiwi Granny Smith, a light. This is like apple fresh, juice. Apple. F- it does taste like apple juice. So good. Oh man. So, the 12-pack from Ash and Elm, it's available for you. Great gift. Uh, More Hammer and Nigel coming up after 6 o'clock, including the latest of what's going on with Elon Musk and Twitter and him banning all the libs. Uh, Their heads are spinning. More on that coming up after 6. 93 WIBC.